to sit back and enjoy the sunset Watch the sunrise and build a better life For ourselves and the ones coming next Yeah, I bet that we get that Cause we ain't never gonna stop This is more than a squad I love every last one of y'all For helping me reach my dreams Take my hand and come along If you wanna be free like me Yeah If you wanna be free like me Welcome to the Squad Talk Podcast. Welcome to the Squad Talk Podcast. Here we go. Here's the host of the show. In one, two, three, four. Good morning, my fellow patriots, and welcome to another episode of the Squad Talk Podcast, helping you get along in a crazy world. I'm your host, Dakota Monroe. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, and I am a very excited uh, for the episode I've got planned for you today. Uh, this is not the episode I had originally planned on releasing today, um, but I think this one is going to be a lot more fun for me, however, and uh, see, I was planning on talking about getting to food independence and building a community as sort of a continuation from getting to financial freedom, uh, or from the uh, getting to financial freedom episode. And that that's also kind of a continuation on the prepping for another pandemic uh, episode. Um, but between working and still recovering from being sick, uh, I just didn't want to do that episode because I felt like I would need a full script to actually be able to organize my thoughts and, and really speak properly on those two ideas. And, you know, I, I got to be honest, I really wasn't all that happy with how that turned out on the episode I released yesterday. But that is what that is. I needed to get that out there to y'all because, you know, I promised you content and I was making y'all wait a hell of a lot longer than I should have been for it. So, anyways, moving forward, um, depending on how it goes, this episode... Uh, might be the first episode of kind of like a spinoff, kind of like the Saturday free talk where once or, you know, once a week or, you know, twice a month, something like that. Once every other week, something like that. Um, I go through and just kind of answer some of y'all's questions about, you know, that, that's just modern survival type of stuff and how to get along in the world we have today. I haven't quite decided yet. It's just kind of going to depend on how everything works out and plays out and, and the kind of the response I get from this episode. So this is kind of a test run. Um, it's a Q and a style of episode where, um, I, I answer some of y'all's, you know, real world questions. Um, and as a test, just to kind of test the waters, dip my toe in, if you will, we're only going to be doing four questions today, which isn't a whole lot, but we are going to be going in depth on these questions. So you're still going to be getting that that value um, from today's episode. So don't worry about that. I know it's not a whole lot of information we're throwing at you today, but this is kind of just a test run, so bear with me. Uh, make sure if you want more content like this, make sure you send us an email and let us know. Uh, one of the best ways to do that is, uh, or one of the best ways to do that is going to be just put uh, street survival in the subject line and then ask your question. If we get an overwhelming response from that, we will most definitely be doing more episodes like this because I, I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun putting this one together and I'm really, 
really looking forward to doing it. Uh, but before we get to the, the heart of this episode, we need to go ahead and get the quote of the day and uh, life advice with Hank out of the way, which I know y'all love Hank. I actually, all the people I know in my personal life who listen to this, they love the, the, the Hank bits, and that's just really cool to me. But anyways, so your quote of the day today is, Real change, enduring change, happens one step at a time. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm giving you a moment to think about that. See, I, I don't know about you, but I am a firm believer of incremental steps over time equals conquering mountains, right? Uh, in order to get to a specific point, you have to start somewhere. If you want a different life, well, first you have to take a step in that direction. And this works really well with one of our questions today. So I will leave that where it is. We'll go more in depth later. Uh, it'll actually be our last question uh, out of these four. So be be ready for that. I, I think that's a that question is a really great one. Um, Moving on to life advice with Hank, the self-proclaimed idiot redneck. Moment to get into character. Well, howdy, y'all. Hank here. And I was told I was supposed to learn y'all some, so here it is. It don't matter how much time you spend planning and preparing to do something perfect. From the moment you take that first step, it ain't no matter of if, if. it's a matter of when everything is going to go tits up. Everything goes wrong. And you need to be just as good at winging it as you are at planning for it. See, my cousin brother Slim Ricky, uh, and I call him my cousin brother because, see, he was my cousin, but I loved him like my brother. He learned me that a couple weeks ago when I when I caught him in the middle of what looked like planning to rob the corner store, but he told me, uh, well, he looked at me like I was crazy, and it, it scared me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of peed myself a little. Uh, but you know, thinking about it, Slim Ricky used to kind of be a big guy, but he lost some weight. And if I had to, if I, if I had to guess, I would say it might be a side effect of uh, that medication the doctor put him on. What was it called? Uh, I think I, I think Slim Ricky said the doctor called it booger sugar. Huh. I don't know though, but I cross dress. The point is, shit is gonna go wrong, so expect it and be ready for it. Now, if y'all will, please excuse me. Slim Ricky just sent me a text and asked me to pick him up from the corner store. He said it's urgent, so y'all have a good one. Damn it, Hank. I swear, me and his folks done told him that Slim Ricky ain't his kin. You know, I, I think Hank's mama dropped him on his head as a baby more than once. And you know what? Moving on. Let's go ahead and get into our uh, sponsor break. 
get that out of the way. And when we come back, we'll start answering some of y'all's questions about modern survival. Hiya. And welcome back. So before we hop into this, uh, I want to thank everyone uh, for writing into the show and asking questions and, and sharing a lot of motivation. It, it's really awesome that so many of you have been engaging with us in that way. Uh, so I just I wanted to throw that quick thank you out there for all of you. But moving on or moving forward, however, uh, the first question I have here is, how do I stop myself from falling into the negativity and fear-mongering trap we call social media? I look at Facebook and see family and friends making all kinds of bogus claims about current events, and then when I go to TikTok or some other platform, I see the same stupid stupidity uh, from complete strangers, and I can't seem to stop myself from joining in and arguing with everyone every chance I get. So... That is a very common trap that a lot of people can find themselves in. And the simplest solution, in my opinion, is going to be something along the lines of... Understand, people are stupid. People are ignorant. Um, and there's nothing you can really do about that. It, realize it's not your job to educate everyone, Right? People are going to think what they want to think. People are going to say what they want to say. People are going to do what they they want to do. And nothing you have to say is going to change that person's mind unless they're ready uh, to have their mind changed. And at that point, they're reaching out for information, not making statements. So just just realize and understand that. And also understand that your, you, I don't know what your, your side on everything is, but your side may not be right either. My side may not be right. It's one of those, they think they're smarter than you, you think you're smarter than them, and, you know, you're. We're, I think I'm smarter than all of you, or whatever, and we're just all at each other's throats, and that's that's kind of the point of social media a lot of the time, is it, it seems like that's kind of how the platforms are set up, because they want, in my opinion, a lot of the time, the, the people who own these social media platforms are working for the government, and they're using them to help redirect, you know, like one of those... Look at the hot chick while this hand, while the magician pulls a rabbit out of his out of his hat, right? That's that's one of those things. That I think they use the news and social media and things like that as a tactic as as to redirect people's attention so they don't see this other stuff they got going on in the background. Um, and then also stop going to places that expose you to things that bring you down. You know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. If you don't like the way these conversations and these interactions are affecting you, then stop having them. Stop going to the places where you're going, going to have them. It's okay to not be on Facebook. It's okay to not be on TikTok. It's okay to get rid of these platforms. Uh, you, you don't actually need them. I understand wanting them because you know it's a pastime or whatever but you don't need them it's completely up to you do whatever you want to with it but i personally have taken a break from social media and i gotta tell you i became a lot more productive and a lot more happy overall and, and less stressed and uh, annoyed and frustrated but anyways moving forward to our next question uh this question is my wife and I live in a very liberal city and we no longer feel safe raising our kids in the environment being created. 
We want to relocate, but have no idea where to look or how to get there. So there's kind of a lot that goes into this, right? One, what are you looking for? Are, are you sure you got to relocate to find that? You know, I understand not wanting your kids in a very liberal brainwashing type of school system is homeschooling an option. If so, if homeschooling is actually an option for you, you are able to do that. Well, okay. I'm sure there are other people close to you that have similar views similar ideologies and in that you could get along and, and they, I'm sure that if you find those people and you build community with those people, they can help you instill the values you want to instill into your children and so on. Um, but if you, if you, if that's not an option for you and we are assuming you need to relocate and you're, and you're going to do that. Um, well, I will say that I don't agree with our current government uh, and, and the way it's set up. You should find a state or a city that is ran in a way that is agreeable to, to y'all's political views and, and the way y'all want to build your life. Right. That that's, that's very important. Uh, because if, if you don't look into that and you just pick a dot on the map and you move there, well, it might just be more of the same shit. And now you're up shit's Creek without a paddle. You just bought a house or whatever. And, and you're not happy there, but you're stuck there for, you know, three, four five years, however long it takes you to build up to a place where you can move again and moving a lot like that. It's a lot of the time it doesn't work out very well for kids. They, they just, they don't, they don't do well being moved around that much in my opinion. Uh, as far as what to get, how to get it, that just kind of depends on, on you. You know, you gotta, you gotta consider things like, what do you do for a living? And do you enjoy what you do for a living? If not, are you willing to make a career change? If so, what, what field do you want to go into? If you do like what you do for a living, look for a place that has an economy that supports that, that job, right? That, that thing you, that you're doing. Um, you know, personally, I would look into getting a piece of land in a state that is constitutional carry, because uh, for me, firearms are very important. Uh, the biggest thing to me, though, is finding a place that is not going to infringe upon your rights to survive and be happy and build the life you want to. Me and my wife, we're looking to homestead. So, you know, in our, in my opinion, I think Texas, if that's something you're wanting to do, I think Texas is one of the best places to do that. Uh Mostly because we have a lot of people who here, in my opinion, that have that homesteading mindset. So you're not going to be short of, you know, people willing to help you and teach you things and so on and so forth. We're, we're very neighborly in my experience. So that that is an option. Uh, I'm not saying move to Texas. However, you, you got to figure out what's right for you. Um, and another thing is, I don't know if you own or rent your house, but if you own sell your house. I mean, obviously, obviously there's benefits to not selling the house and, and using that as a rental property to kind of give you a passive income. And that's a great thing. Or you can even have it set up as an Airbnb, but a lot goes into that, especially if you're changing States, you don't want to have to go to a different state to clean an Airbnb. So you're going to have to hire cleaners and property manager and things like that. And that can become a headache. So you don't necessarily need to do it that way. Um, 
if you are in a position you have money saved up and set back and you can afford a, a down payment on a mortgage whether it be for land or a house in the city somewhere or whatever you decide to do or you know if you don't have that and you own your home and you can sell your home granted you're not going to come out really ahead you're going to kind of just be in the same spot you were whenever you sold the house to begin with so it's not super horrible it's not all that great either it's just one of those it depends on your situation it depends on where you are in life and what you're wanting to do with your life so really sit down and talk with each other about that and figure out where you want to be what you want to do what your you know 10-year plan is your five-year plan your 15-year plan where you want to be at those stages in your life in the future and take that into consideration while trying to make this big decision and don't underplay what it is because it is a very big decision you know you're talking about uprooting your entire life and rearranging it that's not an easy task it you you really need to think about this move before you do it and you need to expend or exhaust all of your options beforehand you need to you really need to try to make sure that this is 100 percent absolutely the best move for you and your family um, moving on to our next question what is your opinion on bugging out you know, I, I got to tell you, this tickles a sweet spot in my heart. It's a sweet spot I think all of us preppers have. Um, it, it's that fantasy of a, a dystopian world, right, where it's Mad Max in the streets or it's The Walking Dead or whatever it is for you. You know, we all romanticize this idea, and I don't think there's anything wrong with romanticizing the idea. What I do think, though, is most likely you will never need a plan to bug out. Um, I think it's more important to focus your efforts into other plans and preps, you know, such as one thing, for example, is, is, uh, after death preps, right? So, so let, what happens after you die? What happens after your wife dies? Y'all really need to sit down and discuss that. Y'all need to have a plan. Y'all need to have things like life insurance in place to protect one another from that. Um, you, you need to look at all the assets that you own individually. Granted, what's, what's yours is hers or what's hers is yours or what's mine is her, whatever that yes, that's great in theory, but that's not always how that works out. Uh, you know, there are certain things I own that, that are mine and my wife doesn't really know anything about them. Okay. So it's important to educate your spouse about, you know, these, these things that you have in your life. Like, let's say you own some cryptocurrency. Does your wife know how to access that? Does your wife know how to, to monitor that? Does your wife know how to sell that if she wants to just sell it and take the money from it? So on and so forth. There's a lot that goes into that. So you need to make sure you have a have an understanding of each other's assets. And you also need to make sure that you do have life insurance in place. And especially if you, you're a, a single income family, right? Uh, which typically speaking is single income family. The man's the one who's working. So operating off of that assumption... You know, let's say he gets hurt and dies at work. Well, okay. Now what? Because you've got a, a, a wife at home, right, that's been taking care of the kids and taking care of the house, hasn't been in the workforce in a while, most likely. Is she really qualified to get any high-paying job? If she has a degree, she's qualified. Is she going to actually get one? It's a lot harder, too, because she doesn't have any recent experience. So it might take her a little bit of time to replace your income. And then you also have to consider once she starts working, who's going to watch the kids? Because that's a serious factor, 
right? Let's say, let's say she dies. Well, and well, now you're used to working, being gone 15, 16, 17 hours a day, putting in 70, 80 hours, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, however much. And you're used to being able to rely on her watching the kids, taking care of the kids, making sure the house is taken care of and so on and so forth. Well, she's gone. Now you don't have that. Right. So you, you really got to have a plan in place for that. And as far as the finance finances go, I think that the best thing you can do is have a life insurance policy that is about 10 years of your annual income. So depending on what you make, that might be a whole hell of a lot of money. And the, the biggest thing about it is the younger you are, the cheaper that life insurance policy is going to be. Bare minimum, however, I would say three to five years, preferably five, is the, the bare minimum. Um, but your safest bet is about 10 years. Uh, there's no reason why it should take longer than 10 years for your family to bounce back in the event of your, losing you. So that's that's a, a prep that I would take more seriously than having a badass bug out vehicle with mounted 50 cals and 30 cals and all kinds of cool shit like that. Don't get me wrong. If, if you have the funding to do that and, and it's something you can do, take it on as a project or whatever, go ahead. I mean, you're grown, make your own decisions. But I think there are much better places where you could start focusing your efforts before then. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things is I think you need to figure out what the most likely threat you face is. Um, you know, things like, is it like environmental things, for example, wildfires, blizzards, tornadoes. Um, or natural things like the death of a spouse, like I was just talking about. Um, identify the most likely threat and then identify the most likely outcome if that threat becomes a reality, right? Have a plan to act on that. Sometimes bugging out may be the actual plan, especially with something like a wildfire, fire, for example. I mean, if you're getting surrounded in fire, there comes a time when, hey, you need to, you need to get the fuck out, Right. So there are times when bugging out becomes a real thing, in which point you need to have a plan and a vehicle suited to get you and your family out. And if you're in a place that experiences wildfires a lot, that's something to seriously consider. And I personally would have a vehicle that is able to accommodate, you know, housing your family for a few days at least in case of you know, things like motels being completely booked out because everybody else in in your community or in your your neighboring area you know they they got thrown out of their homes too because of a wildfire so you really need to take that into consideration and and really plan that out as well uh bugging out is not the most likely outcome needed for any any type of disaster situation but it is an important thing to keep in mind especially in the event like i live in texas it gets dry here pretty often. Wildfires are a thing. If you live in California, wildfires are a very serious thing. They're a very serious threat that we face every year. So it's just one of those things that you got to be prepared for. Another thing that we very seriously face here in Texas is, is blizzards, right? Winter weather completely destroying things. Uh, so that that's another ordeal. Um, in the area I live in in Texas, we got to worry about tornadoes every year as well. And, and a little bit further east of us, we got to worry about hail and tornadoes during that time of the year. There was a story my father told me one time about when he was a kid. They were, um, they were in the Wichita Falls area, and they got one nasty thunderstorm that lasted for about two days. 
and it just dropped tornadoes all over the place and it was spitting hail like crazy uh, he said that at some point some of the hail was the size of 14 15 pound bowling balls and that I've never seen hail that big in in person anyways I've seen pictures of it but man if if hail's falling like that it's gonna tear some shit up and one thing that happened to them was it knocked holes through their roof and the the sides of their houses in some spots uh, tore out all the windows and they weren't able to be at home for a while. There was also one point in my dad's childhood when he was uh, living in a small farm town and uh, wildfire broke out and burned their house down and they ended up living in their car for about two months. So, you know, this, this these are things that actually happen to people. It's something you need to consider. These are actual threats that you face. Is, is society going to completely collapse? Most likely no. Is it possible? Yeah, sure. It is. It's possible. Anything can happen, right? But is that the most likely outcome? No. Most likely something like you're going to get snowed in for you know a couple of weeks or something's going to prevent you from being able to leave your house for up to about a month. That's the most likely situation that you're going to have to face. In which case, you know, make sure you got a good make sure you got a good generator or two, plenty of good fuel storage and, and a way to keep that f- fuel in, in good shape. Uh, one of the best ways to do that is just cycle it through all of your, your equipment and everything and fill them up once a week. Or whenever you go fill up the trucks, you know, or, or you fill up the, the car and the truck and everything else, make sure that you dump what's in those gas cans and to your vehicles first, if that applies. Or if you have a diesel generator, dump your diesel into your truck, whatever you got, right? Find a way to make that work together so you're cycling that fuel so it never goes bad. Um, and don't rely so much on... on frozen foods uh one question that that kind of pertains to this as well that i got is what happens when you know you lose your power and your deep freeze no longer works well it's full of meat what do you do well, that's when you start making some jerky old boy because jerky lasts thawed uncooked meat don't uh and i mean sure you could cook you could just cook your meat and that'll give you probably another week out of everything you have but I doubt you'll be able to eat an entire deep freeze in a week. And if you are, you're not rationing. You're going to run out of food way too damn quick. And in my opinion, making beef jerky is just, or making jerky is just a good practice to be in anyways. I mean, it, I, I'm not there yet, but in the future I do plan on, you know, every bit of meat that I get, half of it goes to making jerky or a quarter of it goes to making jerky because one, I like jerky. I do. Uh, two jerky lasts for a nice long while, so it's something you ain't really got to worry about once you, you once you've turned it into jerky. It, it's there, you have it if you need it, uh, and you ain't got to worry about it going bad or spoiling. Granted, eventually it will, but it, it lasts a hell of a lot longer, right? Um, so that's something to consider as well with that. But anyways, mo- continuing on with what I was saying, most likely bugging in is almost always going to be the best bet. Uh, so, so make sure you have what you need there. Make sure you have, you know, candles, batteries, water storage, fuel storage, a generator or two, you know, uh, make sure if you, your home is heated with, with a fireplace. Like if you have a fireplace, for example, make sure you have a, a good storage of wood in the winter. Make sure that you have plenty of propane tanks and space heaters on standby in the winter in case you lose power because of an ice storm or something like that. 
make sure that that you consider all the real world possibilities and you start implementing one thing at a time you know it can be well i'm gonna go pick up a uh 20 gallon thing of propane or a 30 gallon thing of propane or it can be something uh, i'm gonna go pick up a you know five gallon bucket and, and fill it with some rice or i'm gonna pick up a five gallon bucket and fill it with some beans or things like that um pick up an extra gas can or an extra diesel can and, and fill that up and and start implementing that into your rotation just little things at a time as you need them you know uh the biggest thing is going to be water storage you can go a few days without eating if you have to it's not comfortable and it's going to be it, it you're not going to like it necessarily uh but it can be done if it has to water storage is one of the most important things in my opinion after water food <laughs> so yeah, but that, that's kind of my take on the whole bugging out idea. Don't get me wrong. I love I love the fantasy of it, but most likely you'll never actually need it with the exception of something like a wildfire or something like that. Uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, and this one I really liked uh, just because it's about guns. So I'm wanting to get a weapon for home defense, but have never owned a gun before and have no idea where to start. Uh I'm sorry, no idea where to start deciding what to get. Do you have any recommendations? I do, but probably not the probably not what you're expecting. Right? First you need to figure out what are you wanting to protect yourself from? Are you wanting to protect yourself from an intruder? Are you wanting to protect yourself from a no-knock warrant? Are you wanting to protect yourself from a, a horde of idiots? Or are you wanting to protect yourself from a gang, you know, a gang trying to break in and kidnap you. I mean, what what's the actual threat here? Um, and you need to make sure that a gun's the right choice to protect you from that threat. In some situations, a dog is for a far better option or a home security system is enough. So it, it just kind of depends on what threat you're wanting to protect yourself from and what you're expecting could happen. And again, don't, don't go fall into that, that fear mongering. Don't, don't fall into the fear uh, mentality, you, you really need to use a, an, uh, use your brain here and actually think what's, what's an actual threat that you could face. Um, and then you need to decide what's the best way to address that threat. Like I said, it could be a dog. It could just be a really loud alarm that goes off, or it could be a few pew pews, right? Just kind of depends on the situation you're expecting and, and preparing for um, but if you are dead set on getting a gun, uh, you get, you got three platforms, right? You can choose a semi-automatic or semi-automatic pistol or revolver, right? So you got your pistol platform. Um, you can choose a semi-auto rifle. I would not recommend a bolt action or lever action rifle for home defense. You can, you can go that route, but I personally would recommend a semi-auto if you want to get a rifle for home defense. Or a shotgun, shotgun, right? Semi-auto or pump action or lever action, break open, however you want to look at it. So, so pistols, rifles, and shotguns, those are your platforms. Those are your options. Um, the problem you're going to run into with a rifle is where's that bullet going after it goes through the guy breaking into your house? Uh, because as I, can, I cannot remember the name of the guy, but I, I've seen this clip so many times where he's talking about terminal ballistics. And he says, pistols put holes in people. Rifles put holes through people. And shotguns with the right load at the right range will physically remove a chunk of shit from your opponent and throw said shit in the floor and on the walls. Um, and he's not wrong. That is completely accurate. Uh, but you also run into an issue with 
shotguns as well because something like a 12 gauge depending on the load that that you know double lot buck or a slug that might punch through four or five walls and you got to worry about who's behind the who, or who's on the other side of that wall when you pull that trigger so me personally i would not recommend a 12 gauge for somebody inexperienced um but there is something about that that makes a motherfucker cease and desist real quick okay i'm not gonna lie i mean when they hear that because the the sound of a, a pump action shotgun is just iconic it's like the sound of a Coke can open and everyone around the world knows what it sounds like. Right. Um, personally, I would, I would start out with a pistol personally. Um, as far as what caliber, that's just kind of going to depend on you. What are you comfortable with? What are you trying to achieve? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say get a 25 auto cause that's just going to piss the person off and you're going to end up getting hurt. Uh, me personally, I'm a big fan of 45 ACP. That's one of my favorite pistol calibers. Um, I like the nine mil too. There's something to say about 10 millimeter, um, 22 long rifle. You, I, I don't think you can ever go wrong with 22 long rifle because of what the, what that bullet was designed to do when it was created. I think that there, there's a lot of options out there and each of them have their pros and cons and it's going to depend on the situation you're expecting on how your house is laid out on how good of a shot you are, how much time you can spend training with that firearm. And that, that, that leads me to the next thing. If you are dead set on getting a firearm, you need to identify what firearm you're going to get specifically. You need to look at all the different brands, all the different calibers. You need to know that firearm inside and out, know it better than the back of your damn hand or your own mind before you make that purchase. Um, you know, you need to look into things on how to clean it, how to maintain the weapon. You need to look into, okay, what's the trigger pull? How much does it weigh loaded? How much does it weigh unloaded? Uh, how's it assembled, right? Um, you need to fit, you know, the dimensions on the barrel, things like that. Uh, and then you also need to consider, do you want to put aftermarket, you know, optics on it, like a red dot? Do you want to have a laser and flashlight on it? Do you not want to have those things? Me personally, uh, I uh, my, my I got a, a 45 set up for my wife. It's a Taurus G2. It has a flashlight and laser combo on it, and I put the flashlight and laser combo on it because somebody's breaking into the house in the middle of the night. I'm not here. Let's say I'm out of town for some reason. If somebody's breaking into the night into the house in the middle of the night, I want my wife to have a 45 because of the way they created that round. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about that here in a minute, um, and then. I put the flashlight laser on it because my wife isn't as trained or as experienced rather as I am. She, she likes guns. Don't get me wrong, but she doesn't love guns the way I do. So she, she doesn't put the same amount of time and effort into teaching herself how to use all these different platforms and so on and so forth. And don't get me wrong. I'm no, I'm not, you know, seal team six out here with anything, but I, I, I can hold my own very, very well or fairly well at least. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy in, in teaching myself how to how to operate with a firearm and how to how to safely use one, but also effectively use one. And so I put that flashlight and laser combo on there. That way, if somebody's breaking in, all she's got to do is pick that gun up, right, pull it out of the out of the bedside safe, right. Just put her thumbprint on, drops open, pulls it out of the safe, flip that light on, and now she has a light and laser combo. She just has to point. Make sure that laser is close to center mass and pull the trigger as many times as she can. Uh, that's all she has to do. No problem, right? And it's a 45 ACP. So the way they, the way the 45 ACP was designed, was they 
took it out to a field with some cows and they wanted to see what the smallest caliber was that would still put a hole and kill a cow in one shot. So 45 ACP is bovine approved. It <laughs> that's America, right? Um, but then again, you, if, if you're looking at getting a pistol for the first time, 45 ACP, that, that is a big round, kicks quite a bit. Maybe a 9 mil might work a little better for you. Maybe a 380 is the caliber you need. Maybe a 40 cal. It, you really need to look into it. Um, you need to, to go to a few ranges because a lot of the time ranges will let you rent pistols to shoot for the day. And, and take a few different calibers for a walk before you, you make a final decision on it, in my opinion. Especially if it's your first one. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer. I don't think there's a right caliber or a wrong caliber. I think the the best caliber is the one that works best for you. So that that's what I would do if if it were me in your position. And one other thing I want you to think about before you do before you do this. Uh, let's say somebody does break into your house. Say you have a firearm and you draw down, you pull the trigger, put three in their chest, and kill them. How's that going to affect you? How's that going to affect your family? You, you need to consider that. You need to be prepared for that. And you need to make sure you're making the right decision in that moment. You need, you need to train your mind to be able to process all the information you're going to get in that moment and make an educated decision. And that's not easy to do, mind you. It, it takes practice and time, so you need to start training yourself. Um, there is a book I would recommend that you listen to or read. Uh, it's called On Killing by Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant, I think it's Lieutenant Dave Grossman, I think is his name. Um, if you just look up On Killing on Audible, you'll be able to find it. Uh, and it, it's a, he, he's an army psycho psychologist and it's a psychological profile into the effects of killing a man and how training in the military has changed over the years to prepare soldiers for that act. Um. And, and basically what has happened is our military is, has dehumanized the en enemy so that in the mo in a moment of combat, in a moment of, you know, you, you, you're drawn down and it's time to kill somebody, you don't see them as a person. You see them as a monster. You see them as, as scum, as nothing, right? Um, one of the points that, that is made in that book, um, in World War II, you, you know, the Japanese were chinks. They were Japs. They weren't. They weren't people, right? Um, the Germans were Krauts, things like that. So you you really have to take that into consideration. At the end of the day, while it may be the scum of the earth person who's coming in to to kidnap your daughter and be a pedophile, or coming in to to rape your wife, or whatever horrible, evil, unspeakable things people do, you know. I'm not saying that you need to dehumanize that person, but the fact is you may not be able to stomach pulling the trigger if you don't. And at the end of the day, that's really hard to do because no matter how fucked up somebody is, they're still a human being, right? I'm not saying every human being deserves to live, but they're still a human being nonetheless. So it, it can be very difficult in that moment to be like, Hey, I'm going to take your life now and I'm going to be okay with it. One thing my dad always told me was the first time you pull the trigger and kill somebody, you're going to throw up. You're going to, you're, you're going to hear your heart pounding in your ears. Uh, you're going to taste copper and, uh, metallic in your mouth. 
Your mouth's going to become very dry. You're going to be breathing really heavy. And, and then all of a sudden, once you realize what's happened, you're going to be breathing really shallow. You're going to feel hot, but ice cold. And you're either going to throw up or you're going to pass out. That's what he said he experienced was, was all of that. And instead of passing out, he threw up. Yeah, that's what he said he experienced in his in his time in Vietnam. I don't know exactly what happened. He would never tell me the full story or give me any actual details of his service. Um, but that's how he said it affected him. So keep that in mind. I mean, it is a very serious thing when you decide to pull the trigger on somebody. Uh, but I, I do appreciate you writing in. I think that's something that might be very helpful for a lot of people. Um, moving on, though, to... Our final question, this one is kind of goes with our quote of the day, and I, I was really excited when I had this question come into our email. Um, what would you recommend to do for someone wanting to start a business? And to that, it, there's kind of a lot that goes into this, my friend. Um, one, why do you want to start a business, right? Do you want to start a business because you want to be self-employed and, and free from the confines of a normal working environment? Or do you want to start a business um, because you want to make a lot of money? And if, if it is the latter, I will say don't do it for the money, right? You need to find what you love. Find what you're passionate about. Find something that really speaks to you. For me, it's, it's helping people and, and teaching people and, and, helping build, and helping people grow and building a community. That's why I'm doing this. That's why this is so important to me. That's why I'm having so much fun doing it. And I'm not, well, granted, I am worried about the bottom line because at the end of the day, I got bills I got to pay and so on and so forth. And, you know, I got a family to take care of, trying to build a life, blah, 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 whatever. I have these other responsibilities that, that require financial, uh, uh, wow, I just lost that word. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. Um, anyways, they, they require financial attention. Right. So, yes, I am, of course, worried about the bottom line. And if you're starting a business, you should be, too, because if you're not profitable, you won't be successful. But don't do it solely for the money. You need you need to find what you love and you, then you need to find a way to monetize it. Doesn't matter how you monetize it. You, you find what you're passionate about and figure out how you can monetize that. A lot of the time it's content creation. That is one of the easiest ways to monetize something you're passionate about. But. It's also one of the most time-consuming ways as well. So keep that in mind. Um, another thing is you need to be willing to outsource the things you don't have the skills for, right? So I've mentioned in an episode before, some people are better at some things than others. Some people will run better than others. Some people will swim, swim better than others and so on and so forth. It just kind of depends. Well, you know, uh, for me, website design is not something I'm all that skilled at. It's also not something I'm interested in, and that, that's an important thing. Now, granted, if you're just now starting a business, you may not have the, the capital needed to get a website designed. Me, personally, I'm uh, I, I'm thinking about finding a way to make it happen. I'll tell you that right now. Um, for you, it may be something like advertising isn't your thing. Advertising really isn't my thing, so I outsource that. I have my wife do it. She, she enjoys that. Uh, another thing is financial tracking isn't my thing. My wife loves spreadsheets. She's going to school right now for business administration with a focus in accounting. And later she plans on going back and getting a master's degree specifically for accounting. I don't, I don't know how all that works. Cause you know, I'm not a huge supporter of, of 
uh, college because I think you can learn everything you learn in a college for free online. Uh, it's called Google and YouTube. Um, but it is what it is. Google and YouTube, you don't get a degree to hang up on your wall and, and that says something, right? You have a certificate that says, hey, I can do these things. And, and that, that has value. So there is that. Um, the biggest thing is start taking small steps. Don't don't dive in head first and go mortgage your house or whatever to build this business that you have no proof of concept for, right? Um, only put money into it that you're that you're willing to just go spend on a tattoo or a nice date with your your wife or husband or whatever, or or basically be ready to lose everything you put into it. Be ready to not be profitable for a little while while you figure things out. It's gonna take time. I mean, hell, this is my 17th attempt, like I said in episode one, and this is my 17th attempt in five years to start an online business. It's not easy. It takes time. You, you got to learn how to, how to build it. You got to, you got to put in the time, make the sacrifices to acquire these skills and get better and grow and so on and so forth. It takes time. It's not the easiest thing in the world to master. And I don't think you ever actually do master it. I think you just get good enough at it to keep doing it and be able to solely do that to provide your, your financial needs. Um, and, and lastly, I want to say when something doesn't work, don't give up. When something doesn't work, when you, when you fail, when something doesn't work out the way you wanted it to get up, figure out how to solve that problem and move on to the next one. Because you're going to fail when trying to build something for yourself, especially when you're first starting out. When you're just starting out, you don't really know a whole fucking lot. And there's a lot that goes into running a business. There's a lot that goes into making a business profitable and successful. Um, I will also say that, that don't wrap your head around the idea of you have to be a success. Because when you do that, a lot of the time you misidentify what success actually is. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you what it is because it's kind of a person to person thing. In my opinion, what does it mean to you? How will you know you've reached that, that point of success where you and be happy with it? You know, how, how can you identify that success? Right? So it's important to think about those things. Um, it's important to understand and realize that you're going to screw up. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. Things are not going to go your way. And it's important to realize that, Hey, when things don't go your way, that doesn't mean you just sit back and let this idea, this passion, this love or whatever fucking die off. You need to, you need to grow the fuck up, pony up and go right back at it. You don't get to quit. You don't get to give up just because it got hard and uncomfortable for you. When it gets hard and uncomfortable, dig your heels in and keep moving forward. Learn everything you can from every mistake you make so you don't make those mistakes again in the future. And now you're more prepared, more well-equipped, more well-armed to actually build a business and it be a success. Um, As far as that goes, though, that's everything I have for that. Um, We're going to go ahead and take our second sponsor break break real quick. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and do our, uh, our final remarks and question of the day and and give y'all a few quick updates about the website and things like that so we will be right back and we are back so let's go ahead and knock out your question of the day really quick um and your question today is what is your best street survival advice what is your best street survival advice um Make sure 
you check us out on all of our social media websites or links. Uh, those links are going to be down in the show notes where we are available on Facebook. We are working on getting an Instagram and a Twitter put together. Um, we are also working on getting a TikTok put together. So that's really cool. Kind of excited for that. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to be delivering content on that platform just yet, but we are getting it set up. Um, we do have a YouTube available link for that is going to be in the show notes below. We don't have any content uploaded, but if you want to go ahead and subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you can get notified as soon as we start hammering out some content, you will be right there for it all the way through. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can share, like, and follow, um, on whatever streaming platform you're listening on. We're available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, Amazon music, audible, anchor pocket caster you know basically everywhere every major streaming platform we are available on um if you would like to further support the show from there you can become a monthly supporter of the show for as low as 99 cents a month link for that is going to be down in the show notes below this episode um website update so i've decided i'm going to go ahead and bite the bullet and just outsource my website design um I keep screwing it up and I'm just, I'm so frustrated, so tired and exhausted with it. I I don't have the mind for website design. I don't have the eye for it necessarily, at least not the level that you, that you can have with WordPress. It, there's just so much going on there. So many options. It's just, it, it's, it's really easy to screw up. It's very overwhelming and it's just not something my mind is built for. So I am going to be outsourcing that. Um, as to when I will be able to financially do so, I'm not sure just yet. Uh, I kind of want to pay down some bills and other things first. You know, I got auto loans and things like that. I want to put a little money towards first before I get that done. And the website we do have right now is good enough to get us by until I'm ready to get that full website with the members area and the forums and everything else ready to go and, and released. Uh, we, we got a little bit of time, so it'll be okay. Um, I do want to take a moment to recognize my wife. Uh, she has been going to school for business administration with a focus on accounting, like I said earlier in the episode, and she's been trying really hard to get a job in, in her field, in her career, her chosen career field. And she got one today. She accepted a position today with a company and she starts there in two weeks. So we are really excited. And, and I just wanted to take a moment to, to let her know I was proud of her, give her a little shout out on the show embarrass her a little bit in front of all of you awesome patriots so uh please uh if you do want to send in your congratulations and everything to her you can do that at the squad talk podcast at 1776squad.com that email will be in the show notes below if you have any questions or requests if you want to uh as i said before if you want us to do another episode like this one you can send us your either your questions requests suggestions all of that um to uh, squad talk podcast at 1776squad.com if you want to see more of uh, more episodes like this one or if you want to see another rendition of this um just put street survival in the subject line for us and you know write your question and we'll get to it and once we get enough of them compiled we'll go ahead and come back on here and do another episode of this especially if we get an outstanding turnout on that um like I said, uh, like I've been saying, links for everything is going to be in the show notes below, including that email address. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. It has been a very long day for me. Uh, for anybody wondering, I am recording this right now at 12.22 a.m. Uh, the night before you're hearing this episode. Burning that midnight oil candle at both ends, the whole shebang, right? 
But anyways, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. And I will see y'all, or I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Y'all have a great one.